Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into Sports Talk. Steve Geller, Jeff Nowak, Charlie Long hanging out with you. Welcoming in now to Cokie Riley, LSU reporter for U.S. Today Sports South Region with the Daily Advertiser. And Cokie, how was the whole atmosphere at Alec Box Stadium today? It was a pretty good atmosphere, especially when you consider... Uh, again, thanks for having me on again, guys. Appreciate uh, your sure. time. Yeah, today's yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but for the, I guess just for the atmosphere, it was pretty good considering it was a two o'clock on a Friday. Um, <laughs> like Friday's technically the weekend, but it's also a work day. So um, yeah, really good environment considering that, and considering it was I think ninety three degrees at first pitch. So um, yeah, the, the boxes are pretty pumped up, but I think they're going to be more pumped up tomorrow night um, when you get you know Saturday night in Baton Rouge. So. Yeah, nice to see postseason baseball in Baton Rouge again. It's been a, it's been too long. Um, obviously, the the elephant in the room. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, Paul Skeens pitched against a nineteen and forty two lane baseball team. I think Jay Johnson didn't really answer it per se. He kind of he kind of answered it without answering it. What was your read on the on the situation? It it sounded what from what he said like he wasn't really that big of a decision in terms of they kind of felt like this was the way to go all along. Yeah, he said it wasn't a tough decision um, overall. And I think a lot of that has to do with, he didn't really get into specifics, like you said, but I think a lot of that has to do with just saving up arms, saving up the bullpen, um, saving up just, yeah, just arms in general, because I I mean, this was sort of a tact that he used in the SEC tournament, right? Like stretching pitchers a little bit further, um, trying trying to squeeze every last ounce out of every last guy. Thatcher Hurd throwing 100 pitches in the first game of this tournament. Uh, Nate Atkins hasn't thrown a season-high amount of pitches in, in relief of him, just for example, like it, it pushing Ty Floyd a little bit uh, a little bit more, even with the regional the next weekend, right? I think in these tournament situations when you can play four games, when there's a chance of playing four games in five days, four games in four days, five games in four days, um, when you're in those sort of situations, you want to use uh, as many pitchers, you want to you know, use every bit of every single every guy you have on the mound. And, um, and I think that's sort of his strategy. And, you know, just saving up, really, to, to simplify it, just saving up the bullpen in general and not using too many arms. Um, I think that's a big key for him. And uh, we definitely saw it today because not a single reliever threw and Skeen just went the full distance. So, yeah. 
looking at the performance from the lineup today, there was a, I think, obviously some missed opportunities for this Tiger team. Is there any concern from you? Because it seems like that potent offense that we've been seeing so much in the beginning of the season just really hasn't been there as much down the stretch. And like I said, they didn't seem to capitalize on enough of their opportunities today. Um. I thought they did a reasonably decent job of getting guys in and, and when they had those opportunities. Uh, okay. Today was just a lot of small ball, a lot of emphasis on small ball. Uh, I think they went back-to-back innings when they had runners on first and second and nobody out, and they just bunted um, just to move the runner along. You know, I don't love that. I, mean, I talked about this last week on your show, but right. I don't love that philosophically in general. But, I mean, I hate to say it, but it did get the job done. They scored runs in both those innings. So, um yeah, like they kind of got on top of Tulane early, and um, it wasn't a very explosive day. And I, I, I and it is a little odd that they didn't, um, you know, have any big innings. They didn't have any home runs in this game. Um, but I mean, I don't think they were terrible either. It wasn't a three for twenty sort of day like they had in um, uh, the SEC to finish off the SEC tournament against A and M. So yeah, I guess I don't. Uh, yeah, I think I'm... overall. Yeah, I, I don't know if looking at it as they didn't go yard today as a positive or a negative and still putting up seven runs, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, they got the job done. Right. Um, I, that's kind of how I looked at this whole day. It was a very business-like game. The game was never right. really in doubt. Um, they, it seems to go up the two-run home run, but um, I don't want to say it felt flukish, but it, it didn't feel like he was going to give him much else if he was going to stay in the game. Um, so... Yeah, like when he had schemes just mowing down two lane hitters like he was and giving up a few hits here and there, but still, you know, being as dominant as you can pretty much be at this point of the year as a starting pitcher, um, you just need your offense to get the job done, and they got the job done. It just wasn't in the way that we're used to seeing this team do things. And I wouldn't say it's worrying, but um, I think the real test really for this team is tomorrow, uh, regardless of who they play, whether it's Sam Houston or Oregon State. If it's Sam Houston, then that means that team's on the rise. Um, if it's Oregon State, they're playing a pretty talented Pac-12 team that was second, that finished the year second in the conference. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, it's tomorrow's going to be the real test. Like, if they have trouble with hitting the runners in scoring position tomorrow or they're playing a lot of small ball tomorrow because they don't have the confidence to, you know – drill doubles and home runs and triples and and, and, and big singles and big spots, then um, I think that's when it becomes more of a concern. But I wouldn't look too, too much into it um, today. I, I just think that um, when guys were at second and third base, they generally did a pretty good job of getting them in, even if it was of the small ball variety. And um, and obviously Skeen just shut things down the mound, and it was just a pretty straightforward win for LSU overall. Did it seem like that might have been an emphasis just because after what happened to Texas A&M with a three for 20 with runners in scoring position mm. that maybe they emphasized that a bit more in this game just to kind of get on the right track of like, okay, we can do this. We can do this multiple ways. We can, we can pound you out of the park or we can just small ball you to death. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I asked um, Dylan that and after the game and uh, he said that that was an emphasis yeah. uh, in practice this week, just, uh, Dylan Cruz, that is. Um, right. that just that was an emphasis for them in practice this week. Just small ball, getting guys over, putting in their bunts, you know, uh, making sure they get contact with the runners in scoring position, whether it's a fly ball or or a ground ball. Just not striking out in those situations. And I can certainly understand that. And yeah, given the struggles that they've had, like you you do need to put the ball 
in, in play in, in some of these scenarios, especially like if there's a run at third and less than two outs, right? Like, like really simple stuff like that. Um, but I think this team is talented enough overall and especially good enough when it comes to their power to not rely on that sort of small ball approach because I just think it kind of cuts off uh, potential opportunities to score even more runs. Um, and I think that happened a little bit today, to be honest, even though I understand what they were doing. And at least they could, like, prove to themselves that they can play small ball. Um, I guess if you want to take a positive from that, that could be one. Um, but overall, like, yeah, I, I don't know if this small ball approach is the most sustainable way. Um, but if they really feel like this is the only way they're going to score runs with runners in scoring position consistently, which I don't know if I totally agree with that, then that's what they're going to do. Cookie, I want to get your thoughts on who LSU should want to play in this next game, whether that be Oregon State or Sam Houston. An Oregon State team that's coming in with a lot of pitching injuries. They don't have two starters. They're going to be using a lot of their bullpen, potentially even in this game, because as I'm seeing right now, Oregon State 4-2, to two, a lot of runs scored in that first inning. It's only in the top of the second. Or Sam Houston, a team that you already beat this year, but that was so early in the year, it's a completely different team at this point. I just want to get your thoughts on who you think LSU should rather play, whether that be Sam Houston or Oregon State. I think you still – I understand Oregon State has some of the pitching injuries, but I think you still rather play Sam Houston. Um, and, yeah, Sam Houston's got a really good offense, uh, but their pitching's not very good. And they only scored four runs off of you when you started a freshman and back when they played against them. Um, just to give some extra context, Chase Shores started that game, and they won 16-4. They didn't just win, they destroyed them. So um, I, I would have trouble seeing how Sam Houston's going to contain – LSU's bats in a, in a theoretical game against them. Well, look at Oregon State, and I, I think Oregon there's a there's definitely a path for Oregon State to give uh, whoever LSU throws trouble. Um, they're still they're a quality Power Five team that you know had a probably that probably had a chance to to uh, to host a regional if they had finished off the year a little bit stronger. So I I, I don't know. I, I just feel like the Beavers there's there's a higher ceiling for them even and plus like. Yeah, they're going to be relying on their bullpen more, but that's also the strength of their team. Like they are, they have a very good bullpen. Starting pitching was kind of a little bit thorny for them all year, and it was really the bullpen that really helped them um, throughout this entire season. And yeah, their lineup isn't amazing, but it's there's still enough there that um, it's they could hit around LSU if they if they're if they were you know playing re- reasonably well. So. Um, I would say you'd still rather play Sam Houston. Paul Skeens today, obviously stellar stuff on the mound. Uh, was a treat to see him go that nine innings, give the, the bullpen a break. But now uh, who's got to follow that up, you think, tomorrow? Is it going to be Ty Floyd, or uh, do we see a Thatcher Hurd? Um, I would be surprised if it isn't Ty Floyd. It just makes sense to just go with the Saturday starter on the Saturday, especially right. when it's this big of a game. Um, you know, how much of a benefit it is to win this game. So you don't have to win. You don't have to play a doubleheader tomorrow. Not tomorrow, but, you know, you know what I mean. That's by tomorrow, right? The Sunday. And then by winning those two games, it just gives you the right to play on a Monday, right? Yeah. So um, if you win this game, then the max is you only play two more games uh, max. And then you can even finish it out and just play three games on um and finish out the series on on in the regional on Sunday. So uh, I, I think ideally that's what you want to do. Even though LSU did that last year and they still didn't get out of regional, it's still the better spot you want to be in. You know, and this team 
as much as we criticize their starting pitching, still is more starting pitching than the last year's team. So uh, I think you can sort of lean on that more. And now, I mean, Thatcher Hurd was warming up in this game, which was surprising to me. Um, didn't really get a chance to ask Jay, Jay about that, but um, I, I would be surprised if, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. So I wouldn't be shocked if he came in in relief, actually, because of that, just, just from what I saw today. Um, but but again, if that if that were me though, I I would have I would throw him on Sunday, um, whether you win or lose the Saturday game, and I'd throw Ty Floyd on Saturday. Was it Ackenhausen also warming? I know there was a second pitcher warming up. Yeah, it was Ackenhausen. Yeah, Ackenhausen was also warming up, so it was righty lefty, which obviously makes sense. Right, and you know just to be prepared, just to have options out there. Um, but they even have heard warming up is. It's really interesting because, you know, he pitched so well as a starter the last time out, and you have other righties that you can go to, like, get, like especially, like, you got someone like Gavin Guidry, especially comes to mind there. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I think. Um, so, yeah, one of the theories, and I, and I think this is probably inaccurate, of why they decided to pitch Paul Skeens today is, okay, well, maybe if this series – if the regional does get to a Monday, you could potentially see him on short rest. Did Jay Johnson talk about that at all today? Yeah, he pretty much shot down the idea again of, at least he, especially today, he shot down, down that idea of just like, you know, throwing schemes twice in the same weekend. I think he's going to just kind of throw once a week. And, you know, you obviously you want to win these games and, um, it's obviously he, Jay Johnson wants to win these games more than you know more than the world, right? But your college baseball is also a developmental uh, right. league. It's a developmental sport, so you don't want to like ruin this kid um, when he's pitching this well and cost him millions and millions of dollars down the road because you know you just wanted to eke out one more win. Um, so in, in the in the NCAA regional, so I, I, I don't, I never thought that was. Uh, a, a likely possibility, but I, I mean, I, I did. I, it, it was an idea that sort of bandied around in my head. If they played on Monday, and you know he didn't throw that many pitches on a Friday, and maybe you could throw him on that Monday, but yeah, and have it act as like his bullpen day because you throw once in the middle of the week right. just to keep your arm warm, right? So why don't you just do? I mean, the major leagues do this all the time. Like, why don't you just do that um, in a real game? Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. Cookie, the idea of throwing Thatcher in relief, I think it's actually kind of interesting because everyone kind of just anticipated him of being that third starter for this weekend. If you do throw Ty Floyd tomorrow, I don't think anyone's anticipating him to go much further than maybe six or seven innings if he gets a great start, right? But if you do yeah. throw Hurd out of the bullpen following Floyd, who would you – I mean, and I understand the importance of getting to 2-0. Trust me, it's it's super important to go up 2-0 and send that other team into the loser's bracket make them have to play an extra game to get back and play you again. But in that situation, who would you throw on Sunday if you do, in fact, use Hurd out of the bullpen? Yeah, um, I think what what could happen is, as you said, Floyd, again, this is all theoretical, Floyd starting tomorrow and then Hurd coming in a relief, even if it is like in the fifth inning and say Floyd doesn't go that long, right? Because, you know, Hurd has length. He, he threw 100 pitches last time he was out, out there. So that's kind of the benefit of kind of having – those guys go back to back and you save everybody else and only use three pitchers in two games. Like that could, that could very well happen. And that's not a terrible line of thinking, especially if you win those first two games. So um, my guess is it would probably be some, be someone like Javen Coleman. And I say Javen Coleman, not because I think he's the best option out of the bullpen and the best option as a starter, as a third starter with, without not including herd. 
I just feel like, you know, given that he's coming off the Tommy John surgery, I think him just getting that extra, those extra warm-ups in and just getting his body ready to start, I, I think that could, he's not going to go that long if he does start, but I, I think that just sort of optimizes what you can get out of a guy like him, right? So, um, and I think that's part of the reason why they started, you know, starting him toward the very end of the season, um, just before the SEC tournament. So, yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't shock me if it was Javen Coleman. Um, who would I pick? <laughs> well, I, I think it's an Honestly, interesting point I don't really be, know. because, like you, you saw a couple of those relief pitchers in the SEC tournament have long extended outings with Nate Ackenhausen, and then I'm just totally blanking mm. on the second one, guys. <laughs> Who, who was the one that also threw like three innings Riley in the Cooper? second game? Riley Cooper, thank you. Or he threw like yeah, actually Cooper, close to yeah. five innings. So you saw a lot of you know usage out of those guys out of the bullpen. So maybe you do throw just a like if you do in fact throw Floyd and Hurd in a potential winners match versus Oregon State or Sam Houston, you have all these bullpen arms that you can just get, go at length, maybe a couple innings out of each of these guys and see what happens because you do have two games to pick up one. Yeah, exactly, and. Um... And maybe having a starter isn't quite as important in that third game because you still have Riley Cooper and Nate Ackenhausen who who you can throw, right? And you just need someone who can be a decent opener and get through the first turn of the order. Um, And they don't really have anyone outside of Hurd who can throw, who can be the number three starter and get through the order more than one and a half times, more than twice, I'd say. So you're kind of just looking for a decent opener option, right? And, Coleman's a decent. Coleman is a, a, a decent option for that, um, and I, I don't know. I, I just feel a little bit better, with, I guess, with him um, just being that guy, and then going to someone like Cooper or someone like Akinhausen after him. And if it's a righty, then Gidry. And you actually do have some decent options. The more you really think about it, um, it's not perfect. It's not great. Like it's not going to be the this bullpen will not will pretty much never be the strength of the team. Um, but given some of the better performances we saw last week, like there's at least a little bit more hope there. Yeah, so g- going into this regional, it, I don't know if maybe I'm imagining this, but it, it does seem like Jay Johnson is a little more locked in, I think is a fair way to put it, this year in terms of like, okay, you ask me a question, it'll be like, yep. Uh, you know, and then that kind of like, oh, okay, you're not going <laughs> to elaborate. All right. Uh, and, and I do wonder, you know, like last year, that the way they bowed out of that regional after after getting into the winner's bracket and losing back-to-back games to Southern Miss, you know, that's that's brutal, especially for a first-year head coach who feels like, man, we're going to get to a Super Regional, we got this, and all of a sudden the, the bottom falls out. This year with Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens, you're a coach with the top two picks in the draft. Pretty much, you know, I don't know if guaranteed is the word, but uh, there's a consensus that that's the case. Is there added pressure? There has to be added pressure for a coach just to get out of that regional, especially you're hosting. I'm just curious – how have you seen him kind of uh, uh, react to that? How how has he been any different this year compared to last year in that regard? Ooh, um, I remember very vividly last year asking him, you know, what are you going to do to basically? Basically, what I said, what what I asked was like, what are you going to do to fix the pitching situation mm-hmm. that you have and. I remember him never listening to him trying to like toe the line between saying, yeah, we have to get better reinforcements there and, and, um, and get, get a lot better, but also try not to like throw his guys underneath the bus. Right. And, um, and I think, and I say that because 
uh, ever, ever, really ever since that moment, it's kind of been his mission to fix this pitching problem, right? He went out and I, I think, I think what he said uh, is that he went out and like contacted Paul Skeens like immediately after that loss and um, like the day after or something like that. And, and really just started like diving in on adding these dudes from the portal and securing as many arms as he could um, from the high school ranks. Um, so they wouldn't sign the draft and all that sort of stuff and just rebuilding this entire um, staff. And, and now that they have this roster, even with some of these injuries, um, they, they don't really have that excuse. Like, I mean, last year they kind of had the excuse of, well, your ace was Mikhail Hilliard and no offense to Mikhail Hilliard. He's, right. He shouldn't be an ace. Um, if you want to get out of a regional, let alone a super regional. So, you know, you did what you could do. Um, but now with this team and this roster, I mean, I, might, I would be surprised if there isn't at least more pressure that he puts on himself, even if he isn't like, you know, listening to folks like us talk about whether he should feel it or not. Right. So, <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I, I that, that's, that, that's pretty much what I got because like, I, I just, I, how could you not be feeling putting more pressure, at least on yourself, you know, when you've gone out and worked tirelessly to add all this talent um, and more talent than really anyone else in the country over one off season and just sort of transform this thing and turn them into a, the number one team for most of the year. So um, yeah, like the pressure's on him and I think most of it's put on himself. Uh, it's him putting it on himself, but um, it's still there regardless. Talking to Koki Riley, you can check out the Daily Advertiser. And tomorrow night, we actually have a WWL Guys Fest going up to Alec Box Stadium uh, to, to see the matchup. <laughs> Unfortunately, we, we had planned on seeing Paul Skeens, but we'll take this game, obviously. Uh, my, my question to you is, uh, obviously, being a guy who's been around the box a ton, this is going to be my first visit. I'm, I'm going to be a virgin to the area there. What should I be taking in? <laughs> Uh, either around the stadium or at the concession stand? Ooh, um, I'm not quite as familiar with the concession stands just because they usually have food up in the press box. Um, they did give us, like, meal tickets so for this series, and they did use today. And there's, like, a burger stand that's pretty decent um, on the third baseline. And so if you, want, if you really want food and you don't want a hot dog, then that's a decent place to go. Um, but I, just for, like, what you should try to take in from this experience. I mean, yeah. Alex Park Stadium is a decent stadium. It's not like the nicest. It's not, you know, you're not walking into Fenway Park. You know, it's not, it doesn't quite have that aura. It doesn't quite have that vibe. But it, what makes the place special is the fans. And I know that sounds super cliche and I sound like a homer by saying that. But like, <laughs> regardless, like it, when that place is rocking, it is, it's, I mean, it's hard to find anywhere else in college baseball where there is anything like that in terms of an environment, in terms of, you know, stakes and you, you, it's like when the place is rocking, it is really, it is really, really a special place. And um, you didn't really get that as much today, just because I think everyone sort of thought that they were going to be the Tulane team pretty easily. But I mean, I, I think we're going to get that environment tomorrow. Let's given, go. Given that it's a night game <laughs> on the weekend. It's we'll be a little I cooler mean, like too. Tennis, yeah, exactly. It, it'll be a little bit cooler too. Like those bleacher seats out there, people won't be, you know, like frying like hot dogs out there. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be an incredible environment, and I hope it rival, at least comes close to what we saw in the Tennessee series where the place was just like insane bonkers. And it was one of the best sports environments I've ever been to, to be honest. It was just unbelievable. They sold out the place. Over 13,000 people were there. Um, I would expect probably something similar 
um, in this game, especially if like a team like Oregon, especially if like Oregon State wins, um, just because you sort of the, the, there's been that history between LSU and Oregon State, and that is the history of of Oregon State just being such a good program for so many years. So um, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm very very excited tomorrow, and you guys should be too. Well, definitely hoping that we get to run into you. I owe you a cold beverage if I do. <laughs> I would take it for sure. I appreciate the time and uh, hopefully talk to you tomorrow, Koki. Awesome. Well, looking forward to tomorrow. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. That's Koki Riley, LSU reporter for USA Today, Sports South Region with the Daily Advertiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t